0: welcome to the Disney Park Wanderer podcast. I'm your host Emma Albertson and thank you for joining me for episode number five. I've really been loving making these podcasts, I'm really enjoying myself and it's something I've been wanting to do for such a long time. Seeing as I've had all the downtime with the quarantine, I've finally been able to devote the time necessary to it. I'm a translator, I translate French and Spanish to English and vice versa, but I also have other passions too, Disney being one of those, as well as making children's books and stories. On the note of having all the extra time, as well as having fun, of course you get some boring, stressful and down moments, which is why I have a few suggestions before we dive into today's main content of things to do to keep you busy at home. They are Disney boredom busters for when you're stuck at home that require little to no preparation or resources. So without any further ado, here's a five quick Disney boredom busters. one it's pretty self-explanatory A to Z character challenge all you need is a pen and paper or a computer or phone whatever you prefer you put A to Z down the side and you come up with a Disney character for each letter of the alphabet that has the first letter as the first letter of their name now if it's too easy to just do one you can do multiple or maybe try doing film titles and then you simply tally up your points and see who's the winner two Disney emoji stories this one is pretty fun and creative so all you have to do is pick a Disney story or three or five and try and retell it only using the emojis on your phone keypad put together the whole story only in picture form and then send it to someone and see if they can correct which story you're trying to tell three Disney karaoke again pretty self-explanatory but very easy to set up all you need is a computer or phone with YouTube and search for your favorite songs. Most of your Disney songs will be in karaoke form, and all you have to do is belt out. Make sure you have some snacks, maybe some costumes if you're feeling a little extra, and you've got a pretty fun night ahead of you. 4. Disney Trivia This one can be done virtually, so you can do it on webcam, on your WhatsApp group, or with whoever's in your household. Each person needs to choose a favorite Disney film, character, or Disney-related topic, for example, Disney World, and they come up with five to 10 questions about their topic. Then everybody has to answer the other members' questions until you end up with a winner who has the most questions correct from all the themes. Of course, don't answer your own questions as that's kind of uh, cheating, right? And number five, totally fun, Disney drinking games. There are a whole host of these online, which include drinking when a certain word is said or a certain character or if someone talks to an animal, it's endless. So find your favorite Disney film, search for a drinking game related and get to it. Well, if you can legally drink, of course. Hopefully those Disney board and busters gave you some inspiration. Now let's move on to the main content that I want to talk about in today's episode. About a year ago this week, I was finally able to book mine and my husband's dream honeymoon to Walt Disney World. And so for that reason, I want to reminisce a bit about my trip. And so I decided to think about what would I do if I could only do five things in each of the four theme parks. And that's what I'm going to talk about today, those things. So stick around to see what I would do and if you agree with my picks. Starting with the Magic Kingdom, of course. When I went to the Magic Kingdom, it was such a magical day and I loved it. So there's so many things to do. It's kind of hard just to pick my five must-dos, but if I absolutely had to, I kind of made my decision based on things that I found unique in this park that you perhaps couldn't do in its counterparts elsewhere. So on that note, First of all, I put down Splash Mountain because I love the characters in it, the woodland animals. It's quite a long ride and it's peaceful, well, until the end. And the the drop is surprisingly big and also getting wet is kind of refreshing in those hot Orlando days. The second thing I put down was the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. It's So unique, and even when you have to stand in line or queuing, it's really not too bad because they've got so many things to look at and see and touch. So they've done a really good job there because it's notoriously difficult to snag a fast pass for that one, so it makes it a little bit less depressing having to wait. The third thing I put down was the tangled lanterns. So let me explain that a little bit. So, in In the back of the park, they have an area that is inspired by the film Tangled. They have the tower where Rapunzel was trapped by her mother, quote, and they also have a bit of the town of Corona, they have some of the lanterns that you see in the film that float into the sky. So when it starts to get dark, they have a photo pass photographer there who will hand you one of those lanterns and you can have your photo taken with it. And it's so cool. I love that film. So for me, it was an absolute must do. And so that's why I put it on there and I recommend doing it, but be warned. I didn't expect this, the line to have that photo was really long and got long quick. I didn't think it was that well known, but if you want to do it, be prepared to wait in line before it starts to get dark if you want to get through that line quickly. The fourth thing I put down was Sleepy Hollow because they have the best waffles. They do chicken and waffles and they also do a waffle with Nutella and fruit. Now call me crazy, but chicken and waffles is the best combination. I never before coming to America thought that it would be and I was kind of disgusted by it but trust me it's delicious and they have house-made crisps or chips or whatever you want to call them and a slaw and it's a nice place to kind of catch the parade because it's got a bit of shelter, it is outside but you can relax and see a glimpse of the parade as it passes by. And then my fifth thing is of course happily ever after. That show is so emotional, so beautiful and well put together. The projections, the fireworks, it's one of the best shows I've seen ever. So how could I miss a chance to watch that again? Moving on to Epcot again epcot it's hard to choose just five things as there's so much to see and i was super impressed with epcot to be honest at how realistic each pavilion was but i've got a kind of fair idea of the five things i would absolutely have to do if i went back so first of all i would grab a frozen margarita at chota de margarita in the mexico pavilion so they have the most delicious frozen margaritas ever they have just classic lime they have strawberry and they had a mango flavor or you could get a combination of all three it will set you back about twelve dollars but trust me it is worth it they are delicious and perfect to cool off after a hot day my second choice would be soaring around the world i was actually taken aback at how well done that ride was i wasn't ex- wasn't expecting it to feel so realistic like there's even moments when you think you really do feel like you're going to hit something and you flinch or you lift your legs so i'd definitely go on that then the third thing i would do is head to the france pavilion I love that pavilion, it's got the little fake Eiffel Tower, it's got l'artisan des glaces, so the ice cream parlor, which has really, really good flavours and unique combinations that they do, and also the merchandise they have at the France pavilion is one of my favourite shops. I got my favourite ever sweatshirt, it had the Eiffel Tower, Minnie and Mickey and a heart-shaped balloon, it said Paris Chatem on the back, it's like a combination of all my favourite things on one sweatshirt, so I definitely have to pay a visit to that. Then the fourth thing I would do is the Frozen ride, and I'm surprising myself by saying this because I'm not the biggest fan of Frozen, it's not my, in my top list of Disney films but the ride I have to say is really well done and the technology with the way that they project the faces onto the animatronics makes it really real. It's also a nice place to kind of take a break from the heat because even if you do have to line up and you don't have a fast pass the majority of the line is all inside so it's quite a nice place to take a break if you need one. And then the last thing was kind of a toss up between two of the major attractions. I couldn't decide between Test Track or Mission Space, but in the end I went for Mission Space just because I think it's more unique, especially if you go on the more intense ride. I mean, honestly, when I first got in the pod, I kind of panicked a bit because it was kind of claustrophobic. They've done a really good job at making you feel like you're in a space shuttle. And let's not even talk about the the Gs that your body goes through, because that that's pretty real. Now Animal Kingdom, and if I'm being completely honest, my absolute favourite park of the bunch at Walt Disney World I found the park so breathtaking. It was so well put together that I was just amazed all day. So um, I put together my must do five things in Animal Kingdom. Again, it was a hard decision, but I feel very happy with my choices. So Animal Kingdom for me, it would be ideal to go as early as possible and go straight onto the Kilimanjaro safaris, because if the earlier you go, it's not quite as hot and the animals tend to be more active. The safari experience, again shocked me at how real it felt they've done a really good job at matching the real habitats of the animals and honestly you could forget that you're in florida when you go through that ride so i was really wowed by that next i would head to pandora (laughs) and i'd go on my favorite ever ride that i've ever been on um which is avatar flight of passage i think i could ride that multiple times and still be amazed by it i think I will never get bored of it honestly (laughs) and then as I'm in Pandora for my number three I would go to Navi River Journey I know lots of people don't think it's worth the wait or it doesn't compare to Flight of Passage which perhaps is true but I really am a sucker for rides that are visually impressive and Navi River Journey is so beautiful you've got such an immersive feeling you've got so much to look at there's sounds there's the tiniest details and for me that's really really appealing so that's hundred percent on my top five and then I would stop to get a cocktail and a small plate from Nomad Lounge. Nomad Lounge is an absolute hidden gem that me and my husband fell into and honestly it kind of exceeded our expectations. So it's right next to Tiffin's which is quite an expensive restaurant but the Nomad Lounge kind of gives you a taste of Tiffin's but for a lower price i guess you could say they also have a super impressive cocktail menu list i got something called the anapur zing and it was really nice and it came with one of those light up flowers that i got to keep they have a variety of small plates so if you're familiar with tapas from spain but a bit bigger Um, that you can have as kind of a small meal. Me and my husband ordered three small plates and let me tell you, between the two of us and we eat a lot, that was more than sufficient. I recommend the churros and get the Tiffin's bread service. Oh, it's so good, so, so good. And then for my fifth thing at Animal Kingdom, I'd have to end it with Expedition Everest just because It was so unexpected, spoiler, if you don't know, the Yeti jumps out of you and I basically screamed my head off because I just did not see that coming. Um, But it's a really cool ride, it's very well-themed and I always enjoy a well-themed ride. And lastly, Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios have added so many new things and areas and they're still going. So disclaimer, although I really enjoyed exploring the Star Wars land, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan so that did not make my top 5 and also I haven't obviously had the opportunity to ride the new Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway and I'm sure if I had that would 100% make it on this list but seeing as I haven't I'll stick to what I know. So my number one must do in Hollywood Studios would be Rock and Roller Coaster, simply because it's so much fun and I love Aerosmith. They're one of my favorite bands. I adore their music and I was utterly devastated when I found out that Disneyland Paris was removing their Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster. Granted, it's probably gonna be cool because they're changing it to, I believe, a Guardians of the Galaxy ride, but the fact that they still have it in Orlando is a big consolation to me and hopefully they won't change theirs. Next, I would head to Toy Story Land. I also, again, in this park, had a throw up between two attractions. I really like Toy Story Mania and Slinky Dog Dash, but in the end, I went for Slinky Dog Dash just because it surprised me. When I looked at it, I thought, mm, I don't know how fun or thrilling this is gonna be, but it was surprisingly hilarious. It's really well done, so that one, took the winner eventually over Toy Story Mania. And as I'm in Toy Story Land already, for my third must do, I'd have to go to Woody's Lunchbox. The food is so simple, but amazing. And even their tots, the potato that I've covered in crispy skin are phenomenal. I don't know why, but it's like comfort food at its finest. Their grilled cheese is great. And also they have a sandwich that I think is, is beef brisket if I remember, or barbecue beef. And that's also really good. The fourth thing I would do is head back to the other side of the park and go to the Tower of Terror. Love this ride, although I find it hard to find people to go on it with me. My husband will, but whenever I went with my sister or my friends, I always had to go alone because they didn't like the ride. I guess if you don't like lifts or elevators, it kind of is your worst fear as you're stuck in one of those and it drops. (laughs) But do love that one. It's slightly different in Walt Disney World than it is in Paris. So I also enjoy that element. And then last but not least, I would have to stick around for Fantasmic. When me and my husband were there, we were really lucky because we got a touch of magic from a cast member. They got us VIP seating to Fantasmic. And just seeing it in that perspective from front and center just solidified it even more as such a great show. The special effects are really good, and what I also like is that they incorporate a lot of Disney films, and even ones that you might not see typically, because I often find that the same old films and songs are used a lot, and this was more of a variety, so that was kind of refreshing, and I really enjoyed it. There you have it, my top five must-dos in each of the Walt Disney World parks. What do you think? Do you agree, disagree? What would you add or change or remove? I think it would be fun to think about as well what I would do if I decided to do all four parks in one day. I think it would be interesting to really consider what is vital in each park to feel fulfilled and like I really experience the best of each park in one day. It's always seemed like a crazy idea to me because there's just so much to do anyway. Why cram it all into one day? But it could be a pretty fun uh, kind of adventure slash scavenger hunt. So maybe that could be something for a future podcast. Anyway, let's move on to my Disney fact of the day. 1994 Disney animated version of The Lion King nearly had its soundtrack sung by classic Swedish band ABBA, the group that brought you such classics as Mamma Mia and Dancing Queen. However, they were unavailable at the time, so the task was handed over to Elton John. Now, I love Elton John's songs in the film, but I'm definitely curious to know how it would have sounded if ABBA did end up doing it. That just about wraps up today's episode but before I go I would like to take the time to thank you for listening and taking the time to listen but as I have mentioned before I do really want this podcast to ultimately include my listeners so if you have been or are planning to go to Disney Paris or another park in the near future and you feel like sharing a tip your experience or a report or if you simply want to talk about your Disney Imagineering ideas please feel free to write into disneyparkwanderer at gmail.com I will put that email address in the description of the podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week and I'll be back on Friday. Until then, stay curious.